Amen. We are continuing the message we started last Wednesday night. Being able to discern the storms, discerning the storms. Uh, we've entered into the Christmas season. And a Sunday, Sunday school teacher looked at a little boy's artful drawing of the manger scene. She said, Tommy, you did really, really well, but why is there a large dog among the animals? And he said, teacher, that's a German shepherd. Now you know where I got it from, Karen. Yes, I used that last night. The game show contestant was only 200 points behind the leader and was about to answer. I think this is appropriate seeing the Christmas play this year. Okay. Uh, about to answer the final question worth 500 points. To be today's champion, the show smiling host said, name two of Santa's reindeer. The contestant gave a sigh of relief, gratified that he had drawn such an easy question. Rudolph, he said confidently, and Olive. The confused host replied, yes, we'll accept Rudolph, but could you please explain Olive? You know, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Olive, <laughs> the other reindeer. <laughs> Boo, yes. For those who are traveling, this is, this is just for the Thomases and the Connellys who are coming back. Shortly before Christmas, a businessman business was anxious to get home. The business trip had been grueling and he was not in a particularly good mood. The airport loudspeakers blared Christmas carols he was sick of hearing. He thought their decorations were tacky. The worst decoration he thought was the plastic mistletoe that hung over the luggage scale. Being in a grumpy mood, he said to the woman at the counter, You know, even if I weren't married, I wouldn't kiss you. And she said, That's not what it's there for, smiling, the attendant said. It's so you can kiss your luggage goodbye. <laughs> All right. Luke chapter 12. You enjoyed one of the three, so I guess that's better than normal, huh? Luke chapter 12, in verse 54, this is Jesus, and, his, and he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the, the west, straightway ye say, there cometh a shower, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, ye say, there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern the time? Yea, and why... Even of yourselves, judge ye not what is right. And we started the message last week on discerning the storms. And as I said so many times, storms come into our lives, we get caught up in them, and we fail to judge their purpose in our lives and the reasons that the storms were allowed to come into our lives. And we have a tendency to cry, Why me? Why me? You know, and sometimes. He's got to stop being like Elijah, okay? And when the storm came and he's crying and he's whining and he's stuff, he has to shut up and listen for a still, small voice. And so in three different storms and three different men in the Scriptures, 
So I'll, I'll preach the second one tonight. But last week we looked at people who stir the storm. Jonah, by his actions, brought a storm into other people's lives because he was running from what God had called him to do. And we spent time with that last week. And sometimes people are asleep during the storm that they cause for other people. You know, and they, they go, oh, I, I don't know why that happened. You need to understand whom the Lord loveth he and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Sometimes your lack of obedience and your failure to heed the call God's given in your life and the command he's told you will stir a storm that affects many other people. That was last week. Tonight we're going to see about stilling the storm, the need of God's power. Okay, and what it comes down to is so many times your faith will be tested before God intervenes in the storms in your life. Turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We'll not tarry too long. Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obey him. With that, I want you to turn also to Matthew chapter 8. Because so many times, you know, people, if you don't, when you have a parallel passage in the scriptures, they don't contradict, they give you more information. You bring it all together. I've seen people, Christians, turn around and read one passage of Scripture that's spoken of in many other places, and they pull it out of the context where it's at, and then they build a doctrine out of it. Sort of like flat earth. Okay? No, the Bible doesn't teach a flat earth. He that sitteth on the circle of the earth, brother. Okay? Matthew... Chapter 8, look at verse 23. And when he has entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye, what? O ye little faith. Faith and fear are juxtaposed in the Christian life, okay? O ye little faith, then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now go to Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. Verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them. That's the same day that he had been um, 
preaching and teaching them parables. If you went up above that, you'd see he talked about the kingdom of God being like the grain of a mustard seed. And on that same day that he preached those parables, it says, And when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose what? A great storm, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and abuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. I want you to understand something. They were following him. They were with him. They were his disciples. They were following closely. They were learning at the feet of the Master. In storms still came into their life. If I had a dime for every time someone else judged something as sin in a person's life because they were watching them go through a storm and not knowing the detail, I could pay the building off. Let a man so examine himself. Amen? This Christmas season, don't spend your time saying, well, wonder what it is. Don't be Job's friends. They came to comfort him, and then they end up accusing him. And he was going through something. If it wasn't for Job, where would they be? If you don't know what I'm talking about, read your Bible. The disciples were being obedient and they were following the Savior. And the storm came making them fearful. Do you realize Jesus hadn't been crucified yet? He's here asleep in the boat. He hadn't risen on the third day. The Holy Ghost hadn't been sent to them. They, was his, they were His disciples. You and I as saved people, if you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're saved. All right? You have eternal security, even if you do believe stupid things like a flat earth. Did I offend somebody? I don't care. We're given a promise. You should memorize it. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of what? Fear. Of what? Fear. One more time. Fear. Fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you're losing your mind, just ask because there's times I will, <laughs> my wife's looking at me and smiling, my hand goes up. Okay, she said, have you lost your mind? Power to accomplish what God's called you to do. 
love. Right? Because Christ so loved us. In a sound mind. Fear takes away sound thinking. Children and young adults many times, you know, they think they're going along, they're doing well, and they mess up, and then when you go to correct them or do something like that, automatically they panic, they get afraid, they think they're going to die, they stop thinking, they're going to be all, they're in so much trouble they can't, and you go, think, and they don't. Well, that shouldn't be true of adults. I'm very direct if you didn't understand. Okay? I believe all teenagers have a head full of mush. It doesn't harden into a brain until about 25. Okay? And if that offends you, I don't care. <laughs> I was a teenager once. Okay? I know, eons ago. All right? He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Sometimes you have to calm them down. They were fearful. And because they were fearful, God was all shook up. Jesus was asleep in the boat. Okay? You know, you do, you look at the circumstances, you look around. The storm comes up and you let the circumstances control your response to the storm instead of letting the Lord control your responses. Jesus was asleep. You know what? God is not surprised by what you're surprised by. Everything is naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. I quoted you a scripture verse. If you don't know where it is, ask Pastor Kenny. And then he will tell you to look it up. <laughs> Amen. Okay. God's not troubled by it. See, they had went to Jesus. You know, we... <laughs> There's a, a hymn in our, our hymn book, right? Master, the tempest is raging, right? Carest thou not that we perish? No one ever died in Jesus' presence. Right? If you can find someone who died when he was there, the two thieves, one on each side of them, they couldn't die until after he gave up the ghost. As a matter of fact, when he came to people that were dead, he'd bring them back to, to life. They went to him, but they hadn't learned to trust him. Turn to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Let's start at verse 21. You ever get to the place, you, you, you're trying to follow the Lord, you're doing the best you can, something happens, and you go, Lord, why? And sometimes, you know what it comes down to? 
Lord, I will not understand why. Help me to understand you. Psalm 107, verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the, the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad, because they be quiet. So He bringeth them to their desired what? Safe place. Desired haven. Their safe place. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works for the children of men. You know... So many times we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, but you're supposed to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. They learn firsthand that He can calm the storm. They learn firsthand when they go to Him, Jesus said, all those that come unto me, I will in no wise. Do you know that he stands at the outside of the door of your heart? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 or 21. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and what? Open the door, I will come in unto him and sup with him and he with me. That verse gets used for salvation. It's not a verse about salvation. It's a verse about relationship. You know what we do? We allow the Lord in certain areas of our life. He's knocking at the door. You open up and you let him into that area. Little faith. Then a storm comes. Okay? And the big bad wolf comes and he huffs and he puffs and he what? Blows in the doors, right? Wise man builds his house upon the foolish man builds his house upon the house upon the rock stood. The rock is Christ. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If you're here and you're saved, you have the right foundation. What are you building on? You're building. For your faith to increase, your faith has to be what? That in tried. It will happen in everyone's life. If your faith is not being tested, it's not being tried, check your salvation. He had authority over the storms. We read it in three different places. You see the pit, you take all three of the synoptic Gospels, you put that, that storm together, the time in the ship, and you see certain things about it. 
when fear comes, stop. I can remember reading a story back when trains were the most important part of travel across this country. And there was a train traveling in the, the northwest and they were in a blizzard. And a woman was trying to get home with her baby to her husband and she was afraid she wasn't going to make it. And she was afraid. She was almost there. And the storm, the storm caused the train to slow down. And she said, it's only three more miles into town. I can walk this faster than I'm going to wait for this. Why should I wait? I need to get home with my baby. I need to see my husband. So she got off the train. They found her and the baby the next morning because she went three miles in the wrong direction. When the storm comes, set anchor. Wait. Don't make decisions during the storm. You want to still the storm? Don't make your decisions during the storm. Draw close to Him, and He'll give you the answer. All He said to the storm was, Peace be still. They went to Jesus, but they hadn't learned to trust Him yet. And when you get done with each of the texts that we read, the Synoptic Gospels, all three accounts, it says that they ended up where? They arrived at their destination, the place Jesus was going, and they were going with Him too. They got to their destination. God will get you to the other side. The worst thing that can happen to a lost person is the greatest moment in a Christian's life. Amen? Because whether we live, whether we die, we are His. The church was very gracious to me quite a few years back now. Okay, They helped raise money. My daughter helped raise money. I got to go on a hunting trip out west. I was going elk hunting. I had to learn to ride horses. And of course, in typical old fashion, the last lesson I had before we left on the trip, I got thrown from the horse, separated three ribs from my spine, and said, I'm not canceling this trip. They don't tape your ribs anymore. My chiropractor says, you're nuts. And I said, I'm going hunting. <gasps> I'm going hunting. Flew out there. Couldn't breathe well at all. And of course, now I'm going hunting on a mountain, which is higher than any elevation in New York State because you can get above the tree line there. Quite a few thousand feet up, and my son was hunting above all the tracks, and I was with the man who was taking us lower. But every morning, we had to get up in the dark, get on a horse, and ride it four and a half miles up the mountain 
because we're already halfway up. And then at night in the dark, we would get back on the horse and ride it back down the mountain. I can't remember if I sent Judy pictures or not. The horse took us on these things where in Mexico they put crosses on the side of the road because the car goes down in there. And I kept looking and the horse is walking on a thing this wide and then there's a hundred foot drop into this ravine and I've got to do what? Stay on the horse and trust the horse to get me up the mountain and back down. The first day was horrible for me. I had a horse who didn't like stepping in streams. We had to cross four of them. Uh, <laughs> it was that type of thing. I have a message on faith from riding horses. Because you know what the horse will do every time when you're coming, you're heading back to your destination, back to camp? It will always bring you back. By the third day, I was laying back, going down the mountain steep enough that my shoulders were laying on the rear haunches of the horse, and I was sleeping. My feet were in the stirrups, the reins were in my hand, and I'm just like this. And then the horse would stop, and then I'd start to wake up, and then I'd get off the horse. I can't walk up and down the hill that horse took me on without falling. You know what I had to learn? Trust the one you're supposed to be with. You want to still the storm in your life? Trust the one you're supposed to be with. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, are you listening tonight? Open the door, and I will come in unto him and sup with him, and he with me. You want to still the storm? They're going to come. I don't care how super a Christian you are. Storms will come. Because it's the trial of your faith being found more precious than gold that perisheth. Amen? Jesus is not upset with what upsets you. Jesus is not afraid of what makes you fearful. And Jesus can love those you believe are unlovable. That's when you learn that, how to still the storms in your life. And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.